Hello and welcome back to Sounding Out Horsham. I'm Anna. And I'm Emma. And for this episode, we're back in Horsham Park. Yep. But we're not going to talk about Horsham's green spaces again. We're here because COVID restrictions have started to ease slightly. Uh, well, it's enough for us two to be sat on a bench together. Yeah, it's so nice to see you. Yeah, it's great to see you, not behind a screen, Anna. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. The sun is shining. It's a bit windy that you can probably hear. But yeah, it's been tough the last three months. We are starting to see the end of this lockdown as we record this. But when I was homeschooling, I, I developed sides on myself that I wasn't proud of. I was swearing a lot, for instance, in Swedish, fortunately. But I had so much frustration that I felt that I passed on to my kids and um, yeah how was it for you I know exactly where you're coming from I'll be honest I found the whole year incredibly hard for several reasons the lockdowns and the restrictions imposed the homeschooling like you mentioned while trying to juggle work um, and watching the news and seeing the devastating impact that Covid was having on people then not being able to meet up with family and friends and for me not having to be able to plan anything fun it definitely had an impact on my mental state um, I definitely I felt overwhelmed at times I've never really had issues with my mental health before I have to say I felt the situation was weighing quite heavily and I struggled with things that I know I wouldn't have normally yeah I can definitely relate to that I've been very much up and down emotionally too but I think for me my anxiety has actually been building up for quite some time and I think One of the big things that I'm really concerned about is climate change and then more and more things are just added to that like terrorism and political turmoil and then when Covid arrived that just felt like yet another thing to add on a heap of worries. You listeners can probably all relate to this in different ways and uh, the pandemic has definitely had a documented effect on our mental well-being as well. Yeah, it's definitely a very confusing time, but fortunately we've managed to secure some time with Dr Tara Quinn Chirillo. Um, She's from Horsham Psychology and she's going to give us some useful tips on how we can manage our mental health as we come out of lockdown and into the future. Hi Tara, thanks for joining us on Sunning Out Horsham. Welcome. Hi. Um, Just wondered if you could start by introducing yourself. Um, So I am Dr Tara, I am a local psychologist, I run a private practice in the centre of Horsham um, and I work with adults with a range of disabilities and adult mental health issues. So in what way have you noticed the effect of Covid and the pandemic here in Horsham? I think one of the things that comes to mind first is anxiety. So whenever a human being faces any kind of adversity, it's a very normal physical, biological response to feel anxious, your body will respond. Um, And a lot of people have been talking on local forums about feeling quite overwhelmed and anxious. But also as the pandemic's gone on, a lot of people are actually starting to notice other things such as frustration and anger, uncertainty, because we've kind of been in lockdown we've been out of lockdown and back in again so quite understandably for a lot of people that uncertainty can sometimes breed either anxiety frustration a little bit of apprehension about perhaps what the future might hold have you noticed a a change from the beginning of the pandemic now it's almost gone a year since it all started yeah well i think when we were first faced with lockdown for some people their way of dealing with adversity is to try and get control and that's a really normal psychological phenomena um, so we might have noticed in March last year people trying to get control perhaps of the way they shop so the kind of classic buying things like toilet roll hand sanitizer flying off the shelves people kind of stockpiling as a way of gaming control so the, the 
difference from then to now is actually as we've gone through a year of that we've got used to how to buy things online we've got used to our new way of living so actually what we're noticing more of is kind of lowered mood and apathy um, because people have got and there's a phrase kind of being used covid fatigue you know we're actually quite exhausted now um, social isolation actually can lead to lowered mood um, we are innately social beings we like connecting with people um, so that initial kind of apprehension and anxiety in terms of what does this lockdown mean how do I shop what do I need to kind of feel safe and in control has gradually now been replaced with a little bit more lowered mood and frustration and for some people a little bit of hopelessness you know when are we going to get back to some kind of normality again will we and perhaps what will that look like as well yeah it does seem like the pandemic's had a really varying as you mentioned yes. varying effect on our mental health we've gone through different stages some people have been have felt particularly low or they felt maybe anxious or you know more stressed yes what would you say to those who have got some anxiety about coming out of lockdown I think one of the things that I always pride myself on is being a realist. So it's really normal to feel anxiety, anxiety, anger, frustration. They're all really normal human emotions. So sometimes what's really interesting to kind of look at is not to over-dramatise it or to perhaps put too much of a clinical stance on it, that actually it's quite normal to have feelings when you're facing adversity or facing uncertainty. So trying to tell people it's okay and lots of us are feeling that way. Um, the difficult thing is sometimes in the media we're faced with images of let's get back to life again, let's run along the beach to freedom. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but my inbox in my emails is full of events. Do I want to book big gigs, you know, things in the, you know, big park events, that kind of thing. Um, but for some people, they might be a bit apprehensive about that because they've got used to lockdown. They've got used to perhaps scaling down on their social circle. For some people, they've reevaluated a little bit how they live their lives and perhaps some of the things that are important to them and those things that actually might be less important now. So I think it's really important firstly to normalise. It's okay if you feel apprehensive, it's okay if you've got used to lockdown and also that perhaps it's okay to utilise your autonomy. We don't all have to come out of this in the same way. Yes there's a government framework, yes there will be rules but just because you're allowed to start socialising with people doesn't mean you have to all do it in the same way. So I think autonomy is really key. You decide how and when you want to emerge and what you can manage and talk about it you'll be surprised whether people in your social system will feel the same and other people online may feel the same as well so talk about it one thing but do you have any other concrete advice other than just accepting that we have those feelings yeah m making room for them it always sounds like it's not a really concrete tip but if you can sit down and go do you know what Oof, take an in-breath through your nose and then out through your mouth and go, I am feeling anxious. What is this? This is overwhelm or I'm feeling frustrated. And then go, what is it that I'm feeling that's out of my control? Get a good old pen and a piece of paper and write down, gosh, I don't know what the future's going to look like. Gosh, I'm not sure how my job is going to look like if I have to suddenly go back to a workplace or what are my finances looking like? How am I going to manage with socialising if I've got used to being at home? And then have a look at, well, is there anything in that list that feels in your control? So try and focus on the stuff that you can control. So is there anything about my finances that I can revisit, look at? Where can I outsource support if I'm worried about how I'm managing? Can I talk to anyone in HR at work or other colleagues as to how we perhaps navigate back into physical workplaces again um, again trying to utilize your autonomy talk to friends is there any way you can outsource support if you're struggling managing the children and a career and multiple demands on you so I think it's really important to try and break things down into small manageable chunks um, so part of that for me has been there's some great infographics that the government and various media outlets have produced on what each stage of this exit 
lockdown will look like. And I think, yes, it's great to look at 21st of June and think, yeah, midsummer, we're all going to be out. But actually, look at the first infographic, look at what's going to happen on the 29th of March, and then how might that look for you? So if you're allowed to socialise with one person in terms of being static rather than having to walk with them, who might that be? Could I manage that? When you're allowed to meet up with six, have a think about, well, actually, you don't have to have six, I could meet two. What's manageable for me? Do I even want to do that yet? So try and make it relevant to you. Look at each stage and how it might affect you and what you want and where you can have autonomy. And the other thing as well is if you want to, talk to your friends and tell them if you feel able and you've got good relationships with them, say, I'm a bit worried about this. I'm a bit worried about socialising. How do you feel? Can you utilise a bit of autonomy and say, hey guys, you might be planning something for us meeting outside, but I'm not ready yet. Is that okay? Can I decide at the last minute or if friends are booking tickets to things to larger events perhaps say I might come along at the last minute even if it means I pay a little bit more for my tickets about trying to get your control and your autonomy which actually will have a huge impact on your anxiety and how you feel about things. It's really good advice because I I think one of the things I found difficult is is actually the lack of being able to plan and being able to have those things to look forward to and we've still got quite a way to go I know you mentioned the, the different phases we're going through how can we get through those next few months because you know we might be able to book tickets for something that's happening at the end of the year but (laughs) we're not there yet and uh, it can be quite hard can't it just to get through what what would you say to people that are finding that are normally doing lots of things and uh, finding that hard this last push there's something about the spring as well isn't it it's quite often it's a time we're emerging again anyway and starting to go outdoors and a lot more events are outdoors related and and we've missed a lot of that last year as well so I think it's just recognizing as well actually we still are in the middle of a pandemic and there isn't going to be a really smooth transition out of it so one of the things that I think is really important is to try and not get too hooked on dates um, because I think if you set yourself artificial baselines and then you don't you can't meet those for whatever reason and actually that can lead to being a bit deflated so perhaps coming back to values I do a lot of value-based work um, in my clinic and going actually what's important to me who is it that I want to connect with perhaps at these events and again having to just rely on being really creative so for the last year we've managed to socialize in some really great ways people have been so creative online and in video forums so what we need to do is not kind of go let's just drop that and now we need to look forward to planning things which we might be holding on and dates and timelines can still shift and the government could be really clear with that is trying to look at we might need to carry on replicating what we have done so it's having hope but also being realistic about that as well which is very hard there's no magic solution as to how to cope with it but I think also we need to rely on the fact that actually we're really super resilient look what we've been through in the last year if someone has said two years ago how do you think you'd cope in a pandemic what would you say I probably would have gone I'll be rubbish I have no idea how to cope and yeah Maybe some of us are quite surprised at how resilient we've been and how we've managed and doing Zoom online Christmases and quizzes and birthday parties remotely. Um, so actually, we, I think we're going to have to really work hard and, and draw on that resilience that we may need to be continuing to do that for the foreseeable, but also perhaps having joy. Talking about the future is okay, but perhaps not getting too hooked up on those dates and when it's going to happen rather than I'm looking forward to it being able to happen if that makes sense yes that does make sense yeah definitely one thing it's kind of the other side of this that you mentioned earlier I think is um, you know you said talking to friends that's what we should do talk about what we're feeling but what if we don't have that many friends or what if we have actually found comfort in being isolated and not having to socialize because there's a big pressure there as well and um, 
This is actually two questions in one, but I'm also thinking about the role of social media in all this, that we tend to go to the social media rather than socializing in real life with people. Yes. And over this pandemic, that has been our only option. So we, we haven't yes. had to overcome that barrier to actually having to interact with other people. And now that barrier might be even higher. Yes. And I think for quite a few, that stress might be the biggest one in this situation. What advice can you give around that or for people who feel that way? I think it's, for me, it's trying, if you can, to firstly distinguish the difference between being isolated and choosing or valuing to cut back on your social contacts and the way in which you interact with people. Because loneliness is a very different thing to choosing autonomously to cut back and change the way that you socialise. So for many people, they may have realised, and I did think about this recently actually it is and it has been and it's a good time to perhaps reevaluate some of your social relationships so when you look back over the last year what has been useful about certain people in your life and other things you haven't missed which is a big bold thing to think about so I think it's really good to take stock and to reevaluate your social circle but if you are finding that fear or anxiety is driving your inability to move forward or to connect to people that is very different than your values driving so in terms of I don't really value big social groups anymore I much prefer one-on-one -on -one. I've really enjoyed having zoom sessions with one friend rather than six that's very different from actually I'm really anxious about logging on or I'm really anxious about going outside um, so again if you can I'm such a huge advocate of trying to talk to friends about this so with the people that you trust and you feel really safe with to say anyone else finding they're just getting a bit anxious these days I got to a point where I really couldn't stand zoom social meetings which I think is okay to say I reached my saturation point it's made me realize I'm actually not someone who enjoys socializing online I'm much more of a face-to-face -face person but I have friends who really value that and we've had to negotiate that together in terms of perhaps doing a shorter Zoom. Um, but in terms of social media and communities, there are some really positive communities out there. There's a lot of support groups, one of them that I run myself, where people can choose when, you know, they can dip in and out, either taking information from it or contributing. And there are a lot of well-being hubs. So Horsham District Council has a special well-being hub that promotes the difference, again, between loneliness and you choosing the way that you socialise. Um, so I think that's really good starting point for people locally to look at go onto the horsham.gov um, website have a look and see what is on there in terms of the well-being hub perhaps there's online communities that you can join there are a lot of great charities locally here who have so much going on so the horsham isolation um, page on facebook has all of those links on it all in one page so if you're someone who uses social media i think that's a great starting point so how do you then take it from being social on social media to being social in real life? It's re-emerging back into that again, isn't it? So for some people, maybe they're not ready to do that yet. We are innately social human beings. So, you know, it is really good to know that we do have a baseline for gravitating towards others. Um, so I think the thing is we've had physical space from people as well. So perhaps sometimes our brain is also thinking about things that actually might not happen when we do get out there and start to meet people again. Um, so I always think it's really good to pay attention to the difference between what your mind is telling you which might be what we call a judgment I think this may happen or this is going to be hard versus what are the facts actually if I start and I meet one friend for a walk in the park let me just see how I feel and if it is really uncomfortable maybe I'll have a little gap before I do it again um, our brains are great 
sending us hooky thoughts that then we think oh that must be true so perhaps I won't do that so fear is one of the things that can get in the way of us trying things um, so I kind of think most people beforehand will have had some kind of social contact with someone um, you know somebody that you would see face to face so I would go back to your baseline who did you used to see before that you had value and you felt containment with people that you can really be yourself with um, and I think this, the thing as well for me is that because there is such a nice framework this time it isn't a matter of just every restaurant opening and having to cram into bars and being overwhelmed. I think there's a lot more autonomy, which we've had stripped away from us for the last year. So I think this is a really good time for people to go, what do I want and what don't I want? So sometimes it's about making room for that fear and thinking, right, come on, I'm going to meet with someone outside and you can put a limit on how long. Let them know, I'm a bit, bit nervous about meeting up. You know, how do you feel? Perhaps they could walk to your house and then you could walk together. Um, rather than having to walk into a park and look for someone or stand in a queue and wait for a coffee before you see them. Um, but I think it's really important to try and make room for that fear and go, actually, what can I achieve? Could I perhaps achieve 10 minutes with a friend outside? And then maybe I'll go home. And the next time, maybe a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah, good tips. And if if you... So you talked about a lot about the benefits of actually connecting with people yes. and actually understanding what what it is and making sure that you continue that contact but if you if you have a friend and you really notice that they are perhaps struggling more than you know what kind of signs are there to recognize if they need perhaps more help than just you being the friendly ear it's always a really tricky thing to navigate isn't it because for a lot of friends we won't have seen them frequently enough or in the right kind of context to perhaps know if they stepped out of their normal pattern of socializing or their normal pattern of well-being so it's about trying to identify maybe a new baseline now so if you've seen them a couple of times and you're really noticing perhaps a habit in terms of them messaging less or cancelling at the last minute if you've arranged to meet up I always I'm a big fan of talking kind of saying how are you but waiting for that reply there's such a difference between walking past someone on the school gate for example and kind of throwing a how are you and then carrying on actively showing someone you are waiting for that response so if you're making time to perhaps message or whatsapp somebody make sure you're still by the phone so they can reply and you can be there to kind of contain that response um, one of the things that you can do as well is validate so validation rather than the kind of default position that a lot of us have which is oh if somebody says i'm worried don't worry about that it's all going to be fine the kind of minimizing which is very normal and very natural for us to do is perhaps actually then throwing back what they've said at them gosh i'm sorry Sorry to hear that you're struggling at the moment or I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling down or I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling anxious can actually then help them to feel that those feelings are okay and might then encourage further conversation about it. Obviously if you're very worried about someone so you're really noticing changes in their physical appearance that perhaps they're really not taking care of themselves, perhaps they've lost a lot of weight, or you're really noticing some quite avoidant behaviours in terms of social contact. You've heard other people say that perhaps they don't want to go out or they're getting their other half to take the children to school more regularly because they're finding it difficult to get up. Then you might want to say to them, look, are you okay? Is there anyone that I can reach out for you? Or have you thought about seeking help? And going through your GP, the Horsham Wellbeing Hub, there are lots of places there where you can then be signposted um, to seek out more professional help. Sometimes it's just a matter of having a conversation with a friend to say, actually, yeah, maybe I, I am feeling a bit down, a little bit anxious, and then helping them to be more autonomous in the decision making. Um, it's always a really difficult line, actually, not pushing, but letting them know I'm here and I am worried about you. And I wonder whether it might be useful for you to talk to someone about how you're feeling. Thank you. Great tips. Thank you. 
And um, and I was thinking also one big thing for me through this pandemic has been more my kids' mental well-being than my yes. own well-being, yeah. actually, and especially with school lockdown. Mm. How should we act as parents and carers around our kids in this situation? There's a lot of advice around about children at the moment, which I think is really important because I think there's a recognition that some children have only been at school for about three months in the last year, so my children included in that. Um, one of the things that's really important, sometimes as adults, we are dealing with adult issues, so we're processing things from the news and social media. And as adults, sometimes we can be talking about that at home within earshot of our children. So although a lot of us might be feeling anxious and overwhelmed. We may have concerns about family finances, future jobs. Uh, we may have concerns about COVID-19 virus itself um, and our personal safety and risk. Is to try and, if possible, to keep those conversations away from children. So I'm a big advocate of giving children information that they need to know. So if you can try and keep your anxieties separate from children and just give children things they need to know, facts they need to know. So at the moment, we're staying home from school because there's a virus and we're trying to do what we can to keep people safe rather than I'm really worried about this virus. I'm worried we're all going to get it. I'm worried about nanny um, because actually sometimes children can be processing a lot more than we realise. They're quite astute. Um, schools replicate that model, you know, so just giving lovely facts evidence-based information to children but the other thing as well is that a lot of children have had disrupted routines so trying where possible to keep a nice not too heavy routine but you know trying having your breakfast at the same time in the morning even at weekends having something that's containing for your children so even at the weekends with the limits on what we can do perhaps you know we're going to try and have our walk on a Saturday morning we'll try and have our online delivery on a Saturday afternoon and then we'll unpack it and cook dinner. Just really simple things like that can be really containing for children, but also just showing them that you're listening. Check in with your kid. How are you doing? Rather than how are you doing in the pandemic or how are you doing at school? Are you worried about anything? Yeah. Just saying, how are you doing? And then perhaps, you know, if there are things you're picking up, we know our kids, then perhaps going in with something deeper like, are you worried about anything at school? How are you doing? Is there anything you want to ask me? about things that have been on the news so just keeping it nice and open-ended but also validating them listening to them if you can try everything that's destabilized in this world to do some focused stuff build a little bit of lego for 10 minutes just with them where you're not talking about other things and be present with them let them do some guided play with you let them choose what would you like to do what should we do for half an hour you show me what you want to play and we'll do that and if you can because actually i think that's quite good for adults sometimes to have some really quality time in the now let's build a den Let's do something with your dollies or your teddies. Let's have a picnic so that you're grounded and they're grounded. And showing you that their focus is really important as well. Yeah, play with them. I've noticed that during lockdown. <laughs> or I know they always, they're always so happy when either me, me or my husband actually sit down and play with them or do engage with them in that way. But yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things, if it's all right to say, that's really important as well is we... we as parents mostly are quite good at getting a sense of whether things are okay with our children and school are also a backup for that um, but there will be children are super resilient actually more resilient than adults and they really bounce back from a lot of stuff um, and they can be really grounding for us but there will be some children who will be struggling as a result of changes and, and, and restrictions 
And it's really important, I think, to have an open dialogue with your child's school. So if you're worried, bring it up with your school as they will do. And there are actually in Horsham at the moment, there's a charity called Fagans who are providing counselling within a lot of the schools in Horsham as well. So it's worth talking to headmasters, headmistresses about that and whether your child might be someone who can benefit from accessing that service if they really are struggling emotionally. Um, so I think that's a really great resource to have in Horsham at the moment as well. That's great to know. What was the name of that? Um, Fagans, F-E-G-A-N-S. So there's there is lots of support out there and and uh, external support that you can get. That's really good to know that it's there. Because I think uh, we've talked about this before, Emma and I. But for me, my personal worry has been really been building up for quite some time. Climate change, that's a really big thing that weighs really heavily on my shoulders. And and then you have terrorism and political unrest and all sorts of things that pandemic is just, I mean, everyone is living this situation very differently mm-hmm. and are, are worried for di- for different reasons. And Absolutely. how can we think just to look a bit positively on the future, despite all this? Do you know, the one thing that I, the reason that I love Horsham, that I want to do community work in Horsham is absolutely highlighted by how our community has dealt with this pandemic so when we look at the amount of support and the way that people have helped each other people who don't know each other people who were busy trying to struggle with how they'd cope with lockdown the Horsham isolation page on Facebook has something like five or six thousand members and people on there were dropping off shopping picking up prescriptions linking with people who were feeling emotionally and physically unwell and literally buddying each other along and I think as a community we have just really outdone ourselves in Horsham and for me that's something I've really held on to in terms of how can we take that forward people saying hello to each other that probably wouldn't usually in the street before Um, and I kind of think actually as a community what does that say a about our resilience but b about how we navigate stuff and what else are we going to get thrown at us that'll be like this and look how we dealt with it you know on the whole the things that we've seen in social media on groups has been really positive there's been so much support and that's when people are facing frustration and anxiety and still they're stepping outside of that to help each other and kind of you know jolly each other along so for me that's a huge takeaway and there have been some positives out of the pandemic you know in terms of just pollution levels the sky we've got barn owls back in dozens and dozens at Chesworth Farm herons um so you know environmentally there have been although there are some wider issues in the world there have been some quite pronounced changes due to the fact that people aren't driving everywhere and you know pollution levels have gone down in many many places and for me I think that's fantastic um, so it's kind of holding on to those small little snippets and sometimes they may feel small snippets but if we can try and hold on to those small snippets of joy and and try and hold on to actually look at the human condition and how we face adversity for the majority of us I think we've navigated this really well and we've helped each other along um, and that's what I'm taking forward with me. Yeah, that's a very good point that we're reaching out to each other and helping each other when something like this happens. Hopefully, good old altruism. That's what yes. I'm going to take away yeah. from this pandemic, that people are genuinely doing things because they want to help. It is true. You've seen lots of people have been have helped yeah. and, and it's given people a chance to help, which I think a lot of people want to be able to prove they can do and, and actually it makes them feel good. It makes the other person feel, feel good. And it's yeah, it has definitely highlighted that and that's a definitely a positive we should we'll be doing that further as we go ahead <laughs> thanks so much tara it's been really good speaking to you and you've given some excellent tips and um feel i feel much better just speaking to you now thank you so much yeah
If people um, are interested in, in finding out more about what you do and, and seeking help via your services, where should they go? Um, so my website is www.horshampsychology.com um, and on there you'll find links to what I do in my clinics but also some of my community projects as well to try and help people as we go forward. So managing things like lockdown, and post-lockdown anxiety as well. Great. Thank you so much. Some great advice. I think the main thing is to try to break it down and also accept your feelings. That's what it comes down to quite a lot, isn't it? Thank you so much.